This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. As we'll uh, delve into the emails, remember, send us an email anytime, Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. As always, brought to you by Bet Rivers. We're on the Bet Rivers Network. And for all your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, Play Sugar House in Connecticut, and they have everything you want in this very busy time, especially all the stuff leading up to the uh, baseball playoffs, which will begin. Uh, on Friday, and we will have a special uh, baseball broadcast coming up later this week. So be looking for that. It'll be on. It will be uh, up for you either later today or by tomorrow, and in plenty of time f- for the postseason. All right, let's get to some. Well, before I get to the emails, one thing here. I want to congratulate Judge obviously on his uh, historic home run, on his great season, an enormous. Uh, display of power. Uh, One of the great seasons in baseball history, no question. But I have seen time and time again and heard people on radio, on television, state that Judge's season is the best season since Ruth's historic seasons of the 20s. That is completely wrong. The two best seasons in modern history, and I will uh, be the protector here because I know that uh, I only had one idol in my whole life, and that's Mickey Mantle, as everybody knows who's listened to me. I'll be the keeper of the flame. Mantle's 56, triple crown, and I don't think Judge is going to win the triple crown because I don't think he's going to get the batting title. But forget that. Mantle's 56 and Mantle's 57 are the two best performances by a baseball player in the modern age. In 1923, Ruth had a war of 14.7. Mantle's in 56 is 12.9. Mantle in 57 was 12.5. Nobody has surpassed either one of those. Bonds had a 12.5. Mantle in 56 was 12.9. Ruth had a 14-0 in, 20 and a, in 21 and a 14-3 in 23. And I'm not just making it about war, but if you want to go by statistics, Mantle led the major leagues in all five categories, not the big three and two others, not just the American League, the major leagues. And he was higher than Judge in everything except home runs. They were about equal in RBIs. I think Judge might have had one more. And... I know the season's not over yet, and batting average was not even close. Home runs, he had more, obviously. Uh, but Mantle's seasons was better, and I think Bonds' season was better. And Wars proved that out because Judge's war this year is very impressive. 10.7, very impressive. But 
it pales to the top number by some great players. Not pales, but I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, Garrick had a 12. Mantle's highs were 12.5 and 12.9. I gave you Ruth's. Bonds had a 12.5 and a 12.4. Uh, Willie Mays' high was an 11. Uh, Ted Williams' high was a high 11. Just to give you an example. So judges is a wonderful number, but it's almost, it's it, it's two full points, over two full points below Mantle's 56. So I'm just making that point. It doesn't take away anything that judges accomplished this year, and his home run performance is just tremendous. It's all time. There's no question. But to say this is the best season since Ruth, it's just wrong. All right, let's get to the emails. Charlie in Long Island, I agree with that Daniel Jones will not be here next year, but if they win six, seven games, well, they're going to definitely do that. How are they going to draft the quarterback in the first round? Listen, there have been great quarterbacks picked in every round, and we know where Tom Brady was picked. So the idea that you can only pick a quarterback high in the first round is just not true. Go look at where the great quarterbacks were picked. Many were picked low first round. You have plenty picked on later rounds. Don't count a Starbuck because he had to go into the Navy, who was picked on the seventh round uh, for that reason. But many, many quarterbacks have been picked. And the Giants might get a free agent quarterback somewhere kind of a hold the fort guy, and then draft the quarterback. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. So the idea that they could win six, seven games, and I think it's pretty obvious they're going to do at least that. I mean, it'd be disappointing if they didn't. They've already won three. Uh, that doesn't mean they can't take a quarterback. Joe and Brick asks, uh, how would you rank the Knicks rivals in the 90s? Which was the biggest and why? Um, I would put it Bulls, Pacers, Heat in that order. And I think they all were tremendous. They all had their distinction and their memories. But if you're asking me to put it historically in order, I will put the rivals from that era as Bulls, Pacers, then Heat. Banks asks, uh, what's your detailed view on the new baseball rules? Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that right now. We'll do it as we get closer to next season. But I like some of them. I don't like others. I think some are going to be hard to enforce. Um, But I think there's other things baseball should have done. I just don't want to get into it right now for for a lot of the time because, you know what, it's still a ways away. Mike and Mastic, uh, do you miss being at the fan or working with Mad Dog at all? Yes. Yeah, answer would both would be yes. Um, I'll tell you when I miss the fan. I don't miss fan every day. I can't tell you that I do. When it's a beautiful July day or June day or even May day and I can do whatever I want, I can get up and go play golf. I can go to the racetrack. I can do whatever I want. To have that freedom is wonderful. Where I miss the fan is when there's a big story. I've missed having that vehicle and connecting to the city the way I did with fan. Now, doing the podcast now with Bet Rivers has given me a lot of that back. So I have the vehicle again, and the reaction has been very immediate to it. So I got a lot of that back now with this, and that's been uh, very positive, and I've enjoyed it a lot. 
as far as dog, I always missed things with dog. No question. We did great radio together. There were days I liked being by myself. And there's days I loved working with dogs. So to say, did I miss it? Do I miss it? Absolutely. Because when we put a two-man show together, we did it better than anybody ever has. And I think that showed, I think that has been pretty much the common thought. And we, you know, made great radio together. So do I miss it sometimes? Absolutely. Still do. That's why we all go back. That's why we both go back for our fixes now and again. Um, Ben in Connecticut. I've argued with my friends for a long time about LT being the best football player ever. Would you agree? I have always, always stated, and I just had this discussion at a golf tournament I was at this week. I was sitting with a group of people, including Justin Tucker, who was at the table. We were talking some football with some business guys and guys who were in the tournament. And I said to me, there were two players who in terms of performance and in terms of just who they were and how they were built and everything and their gifts and talents and everything else that stood above everybody. And that was Jim Brown on the offensive side of the ball and Lawrence Taylor on the defensive side of the ball. So when I voted, and I did have a vote many years when they had those rankings, NFL films or the NFL itself, and they had votings for the top 100 players, the top 50 players, et cetera, whatever it was. I've always voted Jim Brown 1 and Lawrence Taylor 2. And I think Lawrence Taylor is the greatest defensive player of all time and the second best football player of all time. This is Chris uh, who asks, could you see a scenario where the biggest offer to the uh, to judge comes from the Mets? I think unlikely. And I think considering age, I think the offers will be tremendous, but I do not think they will be game-breaking. I don't think they will be so high that people will go, oh, my God, can you believe what Judge got? I don't think that will happen because I think his age will hold him back. Anybody who is looking at his contract and is thinking long-term has to look at the fact of how old he will be on opening day next year. Added to the fact that at times he has struggled with injuries, and you know what? You've got to be careful, despite what he's done this year, which cannot be discounted. I don't think he sets an all-time mark with his contract. If he does, I think it's a bad contract. I've got to be honest with you. Daniel asks, who is the most dominant at their sport in their prime? Woods or Jordan? Woods. I think Woods has do- I think Woods dominated his sport. Now it's an individual sport, so if you want to take it out of there, then statistically, the guy you'd have to put there with Jordan would be Gretzky in team sports, in terms of dominating statistically. I would say, though, that the most dominant figure for his sport has been Tiger Woods. What he did when he was on top 
was that dominant. Max says, I'm, an e- I'm a Mets fan. Uh, but I really think Gary, Keith, and Ron are the best in baseball. What do you think of their three-man team? Long before it was fashionable, I was saying that this threesome on TV were not only a great listen, but the best baseball trio in the sport. It's ironic the Mets did not want to use Keith for a long time. As a matter of fact, two of the early proponents of getting Keith in the booth were Dog and myself. We were big Keith backers in that regard. And Gary, let's be honest, he only went to TV because the money was more. He loved radio. And he was, I think, behind Vince Scully, the best radio broadcaster in the country on, on baseball. I think he's a great radio announcer. On TV, you need to play to your analysts because the game on radio is the play-by-play guys. On TV, it is really set up for the analyst. Now, on that threesome, they have done a great job. They like each other clearly. And they have each given each one room to do what they do. And also, they play to each other's strengths. So Ron brings one thing. Keith brings another thing. Both those players, a pitcher, a great fielder and a good hitter, very good hitter and a great fielder. And Hernandez handles that that part. Ron handles the pitching part. And... Gary has morphed into a very, very good, not as good as he was on the radio, but very, very good TV person who in a three-man booth has to be the point guard. And he does that very well. They understand he has to lead, they let him lead. They're all smart guys. And like I said, Gary has grown into it. I don't think he liked it very much early on. I think early on he would tell you that he really missed radio a lot and may have only stayed because of the money. Because the money between radio and TV is a lot different. I mean, markedly different. But I think it turned out to be a great move for him. And I agree with you, they're the best three-man team in baseball. They're the best broadcasting team in baseball. I love listening to them. I think they're a great listen. Mike uh, Mike emails, if Daniel Jones doesn't work out with the Giants, do you think the Giants will show interest in Lamar Jackson and be willing to give Jackson the big contract? I have heard this. Um, this was being discussed one day when I was in the car and I had just come from playing golf and this was being discussed on the, on the fan. I would not want him. I do not want a quarterback. And I understand that his passing numbers right now for the season, let's say are very good. And he's had a lot of big plays, but a lot of that is off and is because they have to defend his running ability. 
I don't want a quarterback who running is a big part of his game as he gets older. And he has not proven he can play his game in the postseason the way he plays it in the regular season. It works in the regular season. It has not worked at any level in the postseason. I would not. He's going to want a ton of money. I think Baltimore will want to keep him, but I would not break the bank for him. A guy who is not a prototypical pocket passer, and everybody wants a more mobile quarterback now, but you don't want to pay an, an aging quarterback who relies a lot on his legs. That I don't want to do. So I would not be in the market for him. Because the expense would be enormous, and he's aging, and I just w- that, that wouldn't be something I would want to do. Uh, Gerard asks, of the four major sports, in regard to the way the talent is spread out, which one do you think suffers the most from having too many teams? Will we ever see contraction? Unlikely. The value of the franchises is so enormous. I don't think you're going to see that much expansion anymore in any sport. It's unlikely. But I do think you won't see any contraction either. I think you will see the numbers stay pretty pretty standard as it has pretty much in the last generation. Um, I think it affects all sports. If you contracted, you clearly put better players on more teams. What sport would it impact the most? Clearly the NBA. Because fewer teams, that means you line up with that many more top players on your team. And that's how the Celtics over a period of time had eight Hall of Famers. But remember, the leagues like the NFL have gone to great lengths to make sure there is parity and keep teams from having stockpiles and talent like the Packers had or like the Steelers had or like the last dynasty had, which was the Dallas Cowboys. They don't want that. They want the talent to be very much equaled out across the land so that you have great parity. And everything they do is to create parity. Lewis emails, whose streak of consecutive winning seasons is more impressive? Tom Landry's 20 years in a row, done primarily with four different QBs. Or Bill Belichick's 19 years in a row done in the salary cap era, but with 18 years of Brady and one year of Matt Castle. That's a fascinating question. I don't think it's just about the quarterback there. Now, remember, in Landry's era, really for all of those players that you mentioned, the quarterbacks, the quarterback was not as significant as he has been in the Tom Brady era because the rule changes made the quarterback. They took the teeth out of the defense. They took the teeth out of pass coverage. They wanted to create more offense. They liberalized the blocking rules. They liberalized the rules for the offensive players, for the passing game. So it has made it very much a passing league. And that's why the quarterback now is such an important part of what you do, more, much more so than the days of Dandy Don. 
You could win with a running game in those days. You could win with a defense in those days. Now it's pretty much imperative that you have the signal caller because of the way the rules are and the way the offensive game and the passing game are so important. So I would say you're looking at something through a different prism. But from that standpoint, if you ask me, I think playing with one player, it's easier than it is when you change players. So I would say Landry. Seth emails, any chance that you start Cortez and not start, I guess meaning not start Cole in game one for the Yankees? I would doubt it very much. I think Cole starts. Cole is considered their guy. He is their guy. Now, sometimes strategically, guys have wanted to wait because of the way the days off shake out or anything else. But all things being equal, they're going to start calling game one. And I'll tell you right now, you know, I know he's an ace in name, an ace in salary, an ace in strikeouts, sometimes an ace in performance. I don't trust him. I never have. And I don't trust him in the big game. Walt emails, I would like to get your take on the contrast in the manner in which Coach K stepped down versus Jay Wright. I was impressed by the way Jay kept the pressure off his team by quietly uh, stepping down at the end of the year and disappointed at the Coach K victory tour, which clearly put pressure on his team. Uh, Hey, they are, to be fair, both Hall of Fame coaches, both brilliant tacticians, both have had great careers. Jay, by his own admission, is not Coach K. Nobody is Coach K in the modern age. Coach K comes at this from a very different place. I think he felt that doing it any other way would be hard for his program to digest it. Could there be a little bit of ego in there? Always can be. Did he want to celebrate his last year? Maybe. Uh, Who knows? Jay did it in a very quiet manner, no question. Stunned people with with the announcement, but very quiet manner. I don't think you want to knock Coach K for the way he did it. You can credit Jay for the way he did it if you like that idea. But I don't think you want to make it that Mike did anything wrong. It's just two different ways to do things. But like I said, you want to credit Jay for doing it in a very quiet and humble way? Do it. But you don't have to attack Mike when you do it. There's two different ways to do it. Doesn't make one right and one wrong. If you want to say one is more humble, that's fair. I I don't have any argument with that. Sean asks, it's still early, but to me, Sean Payton is having the most impressive uh, NFL season. The Saints are listless on all sides of the ball without him. With the talent on the Cowboys roster, down. Pain with Peyton at the helm next year. One thing, 
What happens if McCarthy wins a bunch of games and goes to the playoffs? How do you get rid of him? I agree that barring a playoff trip, the Cowboys and Sean makes plenty of sense. I know that the Cowboys have been after Sean for a long time. I know that Sean has really loved the idea of being and living and being part of Dallas. I agree with all that. It's not anything that you're saying is faulty. But right now the Cowboys are 3-1. and one. They've performed well with a backup quarterback who has played exceptionally well. So you have to let this unfold before you get to where you want to get to. Gregory asks, as a Jet fan, I'm fired up after the win Sunday. However, I can't help but think it was more of a steal loss than a Jet win. I know wins are win, and they did a great job on the second chances, but what do you think? Listen, you cannot ever take anything away from a victory in the National Football League. I don't care how you get it. I don't care if the other team gift wraps it. You still have to go out and take it. Yes, they put. Yes, the Steelers are hurting on defense. Yes, the Steelers have a big issue at quarterback. They finally put the kid in, and he's going to start again this week. And he did what young quarterbacks do. But the Jets took advantage of that. They took advantage of it on defense. They took advantage of it by pressuring the quarterback. They took advantage of it by getting the picks. You know what? And then they took advantage of it by making plays on the last two drives. When you have lost as long as the Jets have, do not, as a fan or even as a member of the media or an analyst or anything else, don't look a win and in any way discredit it. A win is a win. And they came from behind and got a win. Did the Steelers make things easier sometimes? Maybe. But you know what? They took advantage of it and they got the W. Take the win. Smile and move on. Don't try to analyze it and make it something that it's not. Because you know what? It doesn't matter how you get the wins in this league. The Giants are 3-1 and one right now. You can look at their games and say without question, I wouldn't say it as much about the Bear game, but the first two games they won, they could have easily lost. Absolutely easily lost. With a bounce here, a bounce there, couldn't have easily lost both games. But they didn't. And in this league, that's how you look at these things. It's what your record is, and that's it. Because the way the ball bounces in a game and the twists and turns in a game, there's always something you can point to if you want to. Don't get hung up in that. Win the games. And right now, the Giants are 3-1, and one, the Jets are 2-2, two and two, and things are a lot better around New York football than they have been in a long time. They both have very interesting games this week. The Giants have a very tough game in London against the Packers. That's not a good matchup for them. Not a good matchup for them on either side of the football. I think the Packers will be ready for them defensively. Despite the fact that people think they can run it on the Packers some, I would be careful about how I think the Packers will be ready for that running game this week. And I think Aaron Rodgers is sitting on a game. 
I just think he's been really bad, and the line's been bad, and the kids have been bad, and everything's been bad in their offense so far. And I think they're just sitting on a, on an explosion. So you just hope it doesn't happen to the Giants this week. As for the Jets, they won't see Tua. We know that's caused quite a stir in Miami, but the Dolphins are always an interesting opponent. Their games, it's always throw out everything when the Dolphins and the Jets play, and let's see what happens. Right now, whether you're a Jet fan or a Giant fan, you have to feel a lot better about either team. And I understand, listen, both teams have holes. If you're the Giants, I don't think Daniel Jones is your future quarterback. You have a lot of work to do at wide receiver. You got a lot of work to do on the offensive line. A lot of work to do in the secondary. We know that. There's plenty to fix and plenty to improve. But you got a coach who looks like he is ready for his close-up. And on the Jets' side, you already got two wins. Now it would be nice to get one at home. That would be a real positive. As we said, we got a lot of stuff later this week, obviously our Football Friday uh, podcast, but also a baseball preview podcast coming your way too, and we will have podcasts after each and at reaction right after each and every Yankee postseason game, Yankee postseason game and Met postseason game. So if you're looking for them, they'll be up right away, right after the game. We'll get them up there as quickly as we possibly can. Game's over. I will... Watch the post-game press conference, and then boom, I will react. And we'll be there for you every game right through, hopefully, the World Series, which is going into November this year. Because there's plenty of playoff baseball coming your way starting Friday. See you down the road. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.